Although I haven't gotten my voice back since Head of the Charles, so I think... You've got that, like, raspy going for you. (laughs) I know. I'm hoping that the crowd finds it sexy. (laughs) And we should leave that in there. (laughs) I I don't think I could take that out if I I really wanted to. (laughs) I am literally garbage. Hi, and welcome to the Gay Ergos Podcast. My name is Lizzie Houston, and I'm an emotional bottom based out here in Boston. My name is Kira O'Sullivan. I'm in Western Massachusetts, and we are your sleep paralysis demons. <laughs> Welcome to the Gay Ergos Podcast. This is our first episode. Um, Kira and I are Zooming from uh, her quarantine bedroom, in which case she's her own sleep paralysis demon. Um, Kira, how long have you been stuck for in quarantine? Uh, it's day four. I have six more days to go, and I have not rearranged my entire bedroom yet. I think it's next on my list of crazy stuck in one small space for a long amount of days adventure. That's fair. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. Yeah. I I've been, I've been working a ton, but um, in my off time recently, I've been doing a lot of uh, Lego Harry Potter on the switch. So um, that's what I've paused my day for to do our little podcast. Um, I, I don't know about Kira, but I'm really excited. This is something that's been on uh, apparently according to uh our dear friend, uh, John, down in D.C., I've been threatening to do this for a while, and here's the threat. So, water squirt gun, I'm threatening you, and it's here. I am here. <laughs> I, I think I'm just along for the ride. I'm equally excited. Um, I feel like the amount, the absurd amount of free time I now have, because, you know, the Rona um, really helped me further threaten you to actually get to do this so you did threaten me I mean it was like a gentle like friendship like hey remember this thing you promised the world you would do I did I promised it almost probably a year ago and then I was like people don't want to hear me speak about anything so why would I why would I curse them with this and then you know whatever here we are it's a gift. It's a gift. I don't think it's a curse. It could be a gift. I, you know, I wish that I had somebody to look up to when I was becoming a gay and not becoming a gay. I guess I've always been gay, but um, I don't know. I wish sometimes that I had some more uh, role models that were able to freely talk about stuff. And I think especially because we are coaches that are probably with a lot of kids who figure out their sexuality or struggling in college. Um, I don't know. I think I'm hoping that to the world that this is something that's good and fun and easily digestible. And hopefully we'll get a ton of cool guests on. And if you ever have any recommendations, anybody, there's always a, the DMs are always open, as I say. Yes, we, (laughs) we are rowing coaches, which is equal parts terrifying and amazing and all of the great things. Um, I don't think anyone's going to trust us with anybody after we make a couple of these, but we'll see. I'm very (laughs) responsible. I don't know about you. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. I mean, our podcast planning is the training plan template. So I think that's, that's true. That's enough. That's fair. Um, you I, did, what, you know, <laughs> I, I did what I think I, I, I did what? you, you mentioned very, very briefly about your, um, beginnings of being a not straight in this world. Do you want to talk a little bit about your coming out experience? 
Sure. Uh, my coming out experience, I knew when I was eight years old, I think that I wasn't at least straight. Um, I think I had a crush on my camp counselor that I couldn't quite understand or put together. It was just like, oh, this person is really cool. And I don't know if you felt that way growing up too, but you, you know, you had friends that you were like, I just really want to be close to this friend. Um, but you didn't really know why. And you were like, kind of jealous when they would hang out with other friends and not in like a bad way, but it was just like, oh, you know, I want to hang out with you. I think that kind of set the precedent for me when I started to grow up and understand. Um, I think when I broke my first boyfriend and I broke up, I said to one of my friends, I was like, you know, I think it's time that like I explore and think about this side of me. And like, I kind of thought of it as a joke at first. And then I was like, wait, no, like, this is, this is real. And like being gay is real. And it's not that I really had a ton of experience with it. Like seeing people around growing up um, that were gay, especially coming from Westchester, New York. It's, it's just, it's not something that we think about. And I feel like my, my family's always been really supportive, but at the same time, like I'm the youngest of, of uh, three and my brothers were already pretty much in high school and college by the time I became a teenager. And you know, when boys growing up from, you know, boys that were born in the eighties grow up and it's like, I get this and get that, you know, it's, there's these negative connotations. So for me, I was like, oh, well, I guess being gay is a negative. So I don't want to be that. And um, as I kind of grew up and went to college and I was exposed and I don't want to say exposed, but I, I, you know, I became familiar with kind of a, a gay community and people around me were not straight and I was like this is something that I could see for myself because I could never really relate to a man I think the way that I relate to women I mean probably probably partly because I am a woman but um and even though I do consider myself bisexual or pansexual whatever you know whatever I because I I mean I I'm open to whoever you know I fall in love with whatever um it just became, it was scary, it, but it became like more of a reality that it was something that I had the opportunity to explore without full fear of judgment. I mean, you're always feared, to, feared of being judged, I think. So I'm an emotional bottom, but uh, <laughs> I don't know. I like, it was a really hard process. And then I met my first girlfriend and I didn't tell my parents for like a year and I think she told her parents first and then my parents were, and my brothers, we were at our, my brother's um, grad school graduation down in DC. And they were like, oh, is so-and-so gonna come with you to, you know, my great aunt's hundredth birthday party. And I was like, uh, why, are, why do you ask? And they were like, oh, well, you know, Aunt Kat was wondering, cause you know, you guys always hung out together at her place up, up you know, by Hobart. And I was like, my mom just like outright, she goes, are, are you, are you guys dating? And I was like, oh, well, shit, I guess it's no secret now. Um, so that was how I came out. It was really awkward. I think it's taken my mom, my dad, he just stopped in his tracks. He was like, oh, all right. Well, like, as long as you can provide me some grandkids. And I was like, all right, like, maybe we'll see. I, I don't know. <laughs> maybe. I don't, I don't know. But, um, that was kind of the beginning of it. And I think my mom has softened up over the years, but it's like, I think it's still hard. My, my parents are in their sixties. So for them to understand bisexuality, like doesn't exist really. 
like my dad tried to ask me once about it at a regatta and he was like so you like you're chilling at a regatta and you watch like these hot girls walk by and these hot guys walk by and you look at both of them and go yeah and I was like yeah that's exactly how it is and he was just like nice and my mom just thinks I'm a lesbian even though like I talk about them at least once a year when I'm in my man Mm -hmm. phase but Mm -hmm. I won't marry a man I know that for a fact your man phase there's there's a lot to unpack there (laughs) there is a lot to unpack we have a whole podcast to do it um what's what's your coming out experience how how is that for you (laughs) Yeah, I think I had a pretty similar experience growing up, like a lot of very close platonic female friendships that were, you know, upon learning more vocabulary and more understanding as I'm older being like, okay, yeah, that was definitely like a little bit of like, oh, this is closer than friendship. (laughs) Yeah, Um, right. Which I think is a pretty common experience for a lot of like queer folk out there. Um, but I did grow up, I went to Catholic school for 12 years. So, you know, I knew no official gays, um, many a closeted, if you will. But, you know, since then, it's been really fun to watch a lot of people from my like high school years come out. And like, also like we have this like, oh yeah, that makes sense. (laughs) Um, but I guess I, officially came out like I'd known for a really long time that I was definitely not like down with a label of anything definitive just kind of always being like yeah I'll date whatever whoever like just happens to tickle my fancy if you will um and then right before college I remember just going to my mom and being like hey I'm definitely not straight uh don't be shocked if I bring a girl home at Thanksgiving and she just kind of waved it off. Like, I like to do all of my confrontational conversations in the car. Life hack. Nobody can run. Um, yeah, you can't escape those. I don't like the escape. ones. Oh, you're it's bad. It's great. I know. It's no, perfect. You're so bad. No, no, <sighs> Life hack. So we were in a long drive back from, like, the beach. And I was like, hey, mom, just so you know. Um, which was super fun. And she didn't really, like, wrap her head around the idea of being bi. And back then I did identify as bi. I definitely identify as pansexual now. Um but she was like, okay, yeah, whatever. And then a couple of months later, I had, I was in my first relationship with a girl and I'd gone to her being like, hey, I'm dating this girl now. And she was just like, what? You, no way. Like we had no signs. There was no warning of this. And I was like, we had a whole conversation, not four months ago about this. And it, it was a bit of an adjustment period. I mean, my parents were, I was really lucky. They were very like, you know, we just want what's best for you. And as long as you're happy. Um, I think for them, the hard thing was like seeing a queer life as a harder life. Yeah. Um, I think, yeah, my parents look at it the same way. Yeah. And they just, like, my mom was just like, it's just going to be harder for you. And no parent wants their kid to have, like, a harder path. And I think, like, obviously I was younger, so I didn't have the same perspective as them. But, like, I was just so confused by that because I'd met through the beginning of, like, my college years. I'd met so many successful queer people who were, like, having, I mean, I'm sure their own struggles. But, like, in rowing especially, I had my first queer coach and it was awesome. And I could see myself in them. And knowing that I could do this and I could be successful and be happy with whoever I'm with. So, yeah, that was pretty much my coming out experience and journey. Um, definitely not 
the worst I've ever heard. So I really can't complain either. Yeah, I think we've both had pretty solid ones. I know we're probably pretty lucky comparatively, but mm. actually you did bring up a really amazing point though about having, you know, your first queer coach. Can, like, how was that character influential, you know, in your, in your development as a person going forward? Oh my God, it was huge. And I, I think I did tell her about it. She was a grad assistant where I was rowing in college. Um, and so we only had her for two years, but it was really like funny to watch kind of like my college team kind of handle it and like have our coaches, other coaches be like, oh yeah, like coach so-and-so's friend is coming. And like it, this like tapped around thing and like, nobody really said it, but like everyone on the team who wasn't straight and there weren't really that many of us at that point, we would all be like, um, we kind of think that like they are together, you know, like it's definitely not like they must be partners. And then finally it did like come out to the team that like this coach had like a same gendered partner. And it was just like, I was just so thankful to like have just that image and like, have it be a wonderful coach and a great person and just be like, yes, like I, I can do that. And I can be that, which like, I don't think you had a similar experience, right? Cause you rode, I think D3 is a little like more open to that's my experience so far. Would you consider division one to be not as queer? Yeah, honestly, I think like, cause right now, like I'm coaching a division three institution and it's like an all women's college. So off the bat, we are already a historically women's college. We're already a, like a more open space for queer people. And a lot of division one schools are big, like football schools, big state schools, and just historically not the same kind of openness. Um, on my college team my partner and I were the first people to date on the team in like recent memory and years like our team did not know how to handle it it was very interesting to watch (laughs) I did I did date a teammate in college I did do that it did not work out for me I'm sorry for your loss kudos kudos don't be please um kudos because you guys are recently engaged yes everybody clap wherever you are (laughs) <laughs> I'll pause for the class. I'm sure. I'm sure that'll come up many a time. <laughs> many times, many times. But would you like to briefly touch on your your uh quick Spider-Man proposal? Oh, our Spider-Man proposal. Yeah. Okay. So we have been together for almost five years, four or five years at this point. I don't know. I've lost track. And um we uh, had grouped in a bunch of our friends to do this crazy, absurd uh ultra endurance event called Everesting where you pick one hill and you do the incline distance on that hill and repeats until you hit the full distance of Everest. When you graduate college and finish collegiate sport, you often look for very hard, absurd things to do. <laughs> A lot of people run marathons. We're so we, stupid. Yeah, we chose to we do so this. Mm. <laughs> um and we like hooked all of our friends into it and got them to crew us through it and we ended up hiking for 32 hours straight um on Mount Greylock wow. in Massachusetts and uh, I had my parents had agreed to come to help out so I was like you know what this is a perfect opportunity for I think a proposal like we've been talking about this and we're very ready to you know make this big step in our lives so um turns out she had the exact same thought and her parents also came for the event so at the end of climbing a mountain for 32 hours straight 
I couldn't stand up, but <laughs> he metaphorically got down on a knee and we both proposed to each other <laughs> at the same time. Did you both know? Um, I kind of had like a thought. I think we were both like, this is just too good an opportunity to like yeah. not do it, you know? That's um, fair. That's very fair. Yeah. So it was, there, there's a video out there in the world about it. I've, so <laughs> about it. Yeah. I oh, made a little yeah. TikTok about it. Oh, so that's right. That's right. <laughs> oh, I hope no one finds my TikTok. God help us. <laughs> God help us. Absolutely. Um, but yeah. Yeah. Um, that's so exciting. Do you guys know when the wedding is going to be? Oh, we've not really had any plans yet on that front. I forgot that like after the proposal part, you have to like actually plan a wedding. Um, <laughs> so that that's TBD. <laughs> okay. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. But we did meet on our college team. Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) True, though. (gasps) Pandy dandy, pandemonium. (sighs) Panini press. Yeah, real talk, right? Oh, man. Let's see. And did you start rowing and you started rowing in college? Oh, no, I started rowing in high school. You started rowing in high school. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I rowed all four years. Uh, Archbishop Carroll High School. Go Patriots. In hence Philadelphia, hence yeah, I am repping. Yeah, um, birds, that was not go planned. Birds. Go birds! I am a Philly go kid birds. through and through, <laughs> and I will live and die by that trash city. God, I love her. Hey, yeah. Um, Absolutely. you're a New York kid, so I am a New York kid, and I will be a New York kid. I don't like the city, but yeah, Red, <laughs> New York AC for life, baby. Yeah, did you start rowing in college then? No, I started rowing in high school for the Pelham okay. uh, Community Rowing, and um, now I am up here in Boston at Riverside, and um, yeah, that do be that do be it. But yeah. I mean, I I guess back to D one versus D three. Yeah, no, you're oh, you're yeah. definitely right in the fact in the you know in the respect of. D1 probably being, I don't want to say conservative, but that's not out. I mean, Hobart was, Hobart and William Smith, uh, as I will say, but I will likely shorthand refer to it as Hobart for those of you who are familiar, even though it is, um, anyway, doesn't matter. But um, yeah, I definitely had more of an opportunity to explore my sexuality and um, it's definitely like I had a, my assistant coach in college, definitely. I mean, she, she is gay and uh, whether she knows it or not um, did play a huge role in having a role model who is comfortable, seemingly comfortable with themselves, which she was never really outspoken about it. I think it was just for some reason, just kind of known. I don't remember. I mean, her and I definitely at one point, <laughs> I remember in college, it was like the summer no, I guess I had been dating my teammate already at this point for a, a bit, but I ended up in the hospital because of my disc problem. And I, they gave me, they gave me two Percocets for like, that just, I don't know, Geneva, New York medicine sometimes was really sketchy, but my coach <laughs> did have to take me to the hospital. So they gave me these two Percocets and I am high as a kite. Oh, and I, she's like, you need to go to sleep. And I was like, no, no, I need to talk to you. I am gay. 
And she was like, Lizzie, we've known. And I was like, <laughs> that's not fair. <laughs> I was like, she's like, you're, I kid you not. I'm pretty sure she called me fruity. <laughs> Do you identify as fruity? <laughs> I don't think so. I mean, probably. I'm a very colorful character. I don't. I like to respect, I obviously try to respect people's boundaries as, as much as humanly possible. Um, but I, I am very eccentric, um, outgoing, which is funny because I am technically, if you pin it down at the end of the day, I'm really an introvert. I don't believe that. I know. I don't like being in crowds of people, like intimate, large crowds of people. I don't like holiday parties. Um, I, if I'm going to be in a crowd of people, I need to be like at Ned Devine's, <laughs> like, you know, at somewhere that there's like dancing and music happening. And like, I could be a hundred percent a goofball. Like I feel like in those smaller, more, it's not even smaller, but like those bigger slash intimate settings, it's like, oh, I still kind of need to be on my best behavior when I just would like to all the time be my authentic eccentric self. And then once I lose the ability to continue to talk to people, I'm just like checked out. I like to be able to just Irish exit and dip. <laughs> that doesn't surprise me. That doesn't surprise me I, at all. Once my social energy is drained, like that's it. It's that's it for me. That's fair. And then I need like four days to sit in my bed and do nothing and like, play video games it's the recharge it's, so it's important the recharge is important so therefore that is my um extroverted introvertness mm -hmm. as a human with severe adhd fair so in your collegiate experience did you like how many queer people were on your team oh god i think at one point I think at one point we were, we were assholes about it. And I like, <laughs> I very much regret to this day of like being an asshole <laughs> in college. Um, but I think at one point we did a math and it was like over 50%. Wow. Yeah. By the, I think, I think now much, much, much less, it might be like less than, 20% but also I'm so far removed like I've graduated three years ago at this point so mm -hmm. there's definitely one or two that are queer but um yeah definitely not as many when I was there mm -hmm. which is interesting because I feel like it's just our generation that's kind of opening things up a bit and making people more comfortable which is awesome mm -hmm. you have really amazing athletes that are trying to be more visible and showing that it's okay. And I think that's, that's amazing. And we'll, you know, get some of those people on our podcast and, you know, get them to talk, talk about their experiences. I love it. Yeah. What, um, oh, well, we could do our repeat questions. Who is your gay awakening oh, yeah. character? My gay awakening character. Um, I've been thinking about this a lot, and I really think I have to nail it down to Kira Knightley and Pirates of Caribbean series. Mm -hmm. Um, I obsessed, absolutely obsessed. Yeah, that's a really good one. She's definitely mm -hmm. up there on my list. Mm -hmm. 
Mine, Quinn from Glee. I wasn't really a Glee kid. I don't know. I was only for like, I really liked it when it was, you know, not as problematic and it's for sure problematic now. And one of my favorite memes still to this day is when somebody was like, thank God they canceled Glee before Schuster could do Senorita with a student. Like, <laughs> could you imagine? Yikes. Yeah. Um, but I, yeah, I, I mean, it does not surprise anybody, I think, because I love blonde blue-eyed femmes I know your type okay know your type. I know my type my type is not me um but if you know you know, my ex-girlfriend and actually probably my first boyfriend he had white eyes and really light hair but I yeah that's like the epitome of me and my type and I'm embarrassed that it actually goes back to that <laughs> so if there are any blonde haired blue-eyed singles out there Hit no, us please up in the DMs. No, don't set don't set me up on this podcast. <laughs> I don't like to be asked out. That's the problem. I don't like being asked out. I have what? to do it. I have to. I have to do it. I have to. That's know like or not. It's the. I think it's the ADHD. You have to pique my interest. I know. I'm the worst. I hate that. I hate oh, it too. Man. I really do. I really do. I'm very confident when I when I want to go into it, and then you get the emotional bottom. I know. This podcast is just going to be revealing all of my secrets as yeah. a very insecure human being. I mean, I knew that going into it, but did you not? Is this a surprise for you? No, I'm a, I'm an open book. I have nothing oh, to hide. I think there's nothing. There's no. There should be, people shouldn't be afraid to be their authentic self at all. You're right. I think yeah. that's the core of why we're doing this, isn't it? Correct. Correct. Okay. Absolutely. Um, For the ladies, gaities, and ladies. The ladies, the gaities, the ladies. Oh, on a rowing note, um, what is your favorite boat to row and why? Oh, man. It's either a double or a quad. I like a Ooh. quad because it flies, you know, when you really get it. Um, Honestly, though, I think a double, because if you could just get in a double with somebody that clicks and you have a good time, like mm. you can't go wrong with that. It's just, it's always going to be fun, whether you're looking to go fast or you're looking to just like stick around. I think a double is the best. And I get to row a double with my dad every summer. And that's always fun. That's so cute. Yeah, oh, rowing families. Yeah. That's how I started rowing because my dad oh that's so awesome he made me he made me was like if you quit you owe me my deposit and I was like well jokes <laughs> on you bitch I coach college now <laughs> <laughs> years later look at that investment years the return later. on investment the return on that 200 dollars deposit incredible so good <laughs> oh my god what's your what's what is your favorite boat and why um I think I really want it to be a double because I am in sculling world now um, mm-hmm. but I think I'm an eights. I'm an eights kid. I, I do. I love, I love to rip stick. Yeah. I do. Uh, I do like the rip stick. All I did was row eights in high school and college and I miss them all the time. Now that the post-grad life is real. It's lonely out here what, in Sculling World. It is. Yeah. What, what's your least favorite boat to row? Ooh. Um, I actually think I have trouble in the quad. Really? 
Yeah, I I haven't sculled so long that I like feel like I can really get connected in a quad. Um, so I never feel like I'm contributing enough. Your dog's really mad about the fact that I don't like quads. I hope someone's breaking into my house. <laughs> Gunny. <laughs> anyway, hopefully the filter is out. Coach um, Gunny is not thrilled. <laughs> Coach Gunny is not thrilled. Um, Miley, so you're both a four. Really? I hate them so much, mostly because I have severe back problems. And um, hey, Gunny, I'm so angry about this. She's just doing her job, protecting she you. She's doing her job. Um, you know, my least favorite job job my least favorite we could unpack that another day <laughs> my least favorite one is probably a four they're so heavy and my back always hurts um it makes me really sad but I did race a four at head of the Charles this year and it didn't suck and that was all I could ask for maybe it can heal your relationship with fours no because my back always hurt she too heavy hmm way too heavy always oh. anyway I digress constantly <laughs> yeah, I constantly digress it's true um and if you weren't rowing uh what sport would you do uh I think I wish I would be really good at like rugby Mm, um, that's very gay I, of you. it is very gay of me but I'm also like severely Irish and like a lot of my family plays like Gaelic football and rugby and I just mm. wish I were I'm I am horrible at ball sports I can run for like and like do cardio for like six plus hours a day and feel fine but like you put me in like a 10 minute ball sports scenario awful awful but I wish I really wish I'd be good at like rugby interesting yeah how about you hockey like ice hockey yeah but I'm definitely not a hockey gay mm. I don't think I would want to be too no offense to hockey gays but they scare me a lot <laughs> <laughs> you I'm listen a, I'm intense in a different way I hockey is another sport that I respect endlessly I respect, like that oh my god I yeah. respect the hell out of them and like a, like a couple of my really good friends are hockey players like I, I think they're wonderful people I would just I just don't think I would fit in in that world um I fenced when I was a kid and I picked it up again last year actually um I would do I would I would do fencing I'm tall and lanky I hate cardio so it's like just enough cardio for me wow you hate cardio I, I hate go cardio go back no I go hate back. it I How? hate cardio this entire sport love, is cardio I love lifting lifting's my favorite thing but um I'm not quite doing that right now so big Lizzie is not so big right now as my hmm. nickname from Vesper in 2016 was because I was actually the smallest person there yep <laughs> well uh, what's your what's your best rowing memory oh oh my god like what's, what's your best race memory coach or, or, uh, row rowing? Um, oh my God, that's a hard one. I've been in a lot of races, man. <laughs> yeah, me too. Um, I think 
my conferences race my freshman year of college um we we were on like Potoma. it was beautiful uh we were basically very much so expected to do a lot worse than we did we ended up getting third in our race in the conference and it was just like it was incredible like you could feel that like the click of the crew and like the swing was there and it was awesome um yeah I think that's one of my favorite memories but now that I'm saying it I feel like I can think of like a, a million more <laughs> I know now as you were saying that I was like oh shoot you know what yeah there are so many good ones yeah how about um, you I think out of the Charles in 2017 our boat mm. requalified William Smith for the first time in like one in a couple of years so that awesome. was really cool. I think we started like 24th and like ended top whatever we needed to do. We came in like 12th, which respectable, our little D3 program that was rebuilding. Mm-hmm. And um, it was just, it was really exciting. It was such an oddball lineup and just a bunch of good kids. And um, one of my best friends was my Cox at the time too. And she steered like one of the best courses in William Smith history. So shout out to her. Um, wow. No, that was awesome. That was super fun. But obviously my time at Vesper and the New York AC and up here at Riverside has been amazing as well. So yeah, I know too many to count, too many to count. I'm sure mm-hmm. as a collegiate coach now, I'm going to have and make tons more. Yeah. Really oh yeah. For spring. So I'm really, really, really excited to do that. Yeah. It's, is it both of our first springs coaching yeah. collegiately? Wow. Yeah, I know. I just, I still feel underqualified and um, like undeserving. I like, it's still the best day of my day, like best part of my day every single day when I show up. Mm -hmm. And I hope that never goes away because I just, I'm so like, I got to row with them one day and I just like, I just had to thank them for letting me hop in. And I don't Mm -hmm. know. I just, I'm learning so much from them and I'm learning about myself and I'm, I'm hopeful that they're learning from me. And I just, my goal is to just make them really good, good people at the end of the day, you know, they're student athletes and I don't want to forget that they're students first, but mm-hmm. um, it's, it's just such a, they're such a good bunch of kids. I just, awesome. I'm really happy to be there and I'm so, so, so grateful for my boss who I'm also very hopeful will show up on the pod. Um, <laughs> we'll see. Shout out shout out to my boss but um we'll have to yeah, also really loop excited. my boss in <laughs> yes we'll peer pressure yeah. all of our bosses into <laughs> we're peer pressuring all of the boss watch out watch out collegiate rowing coaches we'll have you on here <laughs> it's a so threat excited. and a promise honestly <laughs> it's a threat it's it's a threat and a promise absolutely wow um yeah is there anything else you want to cover today in our little intro episode no I think we did it I think, I think we finally, we, we made one full first episode. We did. We wow. should make this a weekly thing. A weekly thing? As much okay. as we can. Bi-weekly, maybe. Yeah, for now. You know, it's winter. It's, it's our off season. It's winter. <laughs> well, I would love to get this out, like, tomorrow. Yeah, I can play Even with it. Even end of the day today, like. Oh, I don't know about that. I got to play around with it. <laughs> tomorrow. Cool. All right, Gunny. Okay. Do I'm you want any go. final words? Oh, um, no, yeah, let's, um, uh, give us a follow on Instagram. You gotta plug oh, the yeah, gram. Gotta plug the gram. I'm at Lizzie Houston. Um, I used to be anonymous on gay ergos, but, um, truthfully, I wanted the clout. I won't lie. I wanted people to know that I was funny. Know thyself. <laughs> know thyself. Um, 
are you just at what are you also Kira? Um, I'm also underscore Kira, but I am I'm private. So follow Gay oh, Ergos I, in my got honor. It. Got it. I'm I'm very public, so maybe yeah. I should go private. But um, to each their know. own, my dude. To each their own, as they say. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. Well, cool. We'll catch you next time, queers. And next time, we'll have a very special guest. Could be, but we'll have a very special guest. And I hope that the three of you, or maybe even one of you who tunes in, (laughs) will enjoy our banter. Um, Okay, catch you later. Bye.